Welcome to the podcast of the fabulous Las Vegas Rotary Club. My name is Michael Gordon, and I'm proud to serve as the 95th president of the greatest Rotary Club in the world. Our club serves our local and international community through a variety of projects, but our main focus is on youth literacy. If you're ever in town for either business or pleasure, we invite you to join us at one of our weekly lunches. More information about meeting time and location can be found at lasvegasrotary.com. Now, sit back and enjoy this week's speaker. Well, I'll, I'm going to keep my introduction short because you want to hear from uh, my, my friend and energy mentor, John Hester, who is the president and CEO of Southwest Gas. Um, it, it, it's a good audience because everybody in this room is a customer of Southwest Gas, so um, it'll be interesting to hear from John. Um, but I hope, I hope everybody sees um, what's going on in the energy arena in the U.S. It's certainly one of the most talked about um, areas and focuses in the media, so much so that even our U.S. Congress is now focused on what's happening in energy, as uh, demonstrated by um, not too long ago, uh, then-majority House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said that, I believe in natural gas as a clean and cheap alternative for fossil fuels. John, Maybe you could fill us in on whether or not natural gas is or is not a fossil fuel. Turn the time over to John Hester. All right, thank you very much, Tom. Appreciate that introduction. And uh, natural gas is, in fact, a fossil fuel, but it's one of the most carbon-friendly fossil fuels we have available, and it's virtually all produced domestically. So. It's got a lot of advantages. Thanks for the uh, invitation to come here and attend the meeting with you all. Uh, it's a very impressive group you have assembled here today, and it's nice to see some of the international visitors that have come to Las Vegas for uh, the conference and spend some time here. Uh, great mission for the organization and certainly a lot of impressive results that we heard earlier in the program on the behalf of uh, some of the young people that benefit by the mission to uh, advance literacy. Uh, as Tom mentioned, uh, I am John Hester. I'm president and CEO at Southwest Gas. And uh, for those of you that were enticed to attend the luncheon today with the promise of a presentation by Vice President Mike Pence, <laughs> he reluctantly had a conflict and you've got me instead. So I think my, my comments will probably be absent from any politically charged uh, material, so hopefully that will be a positive. <laughs> uh, in any event, like Tom said, hopefully all of the local Las Vegas Rotary Club members are customers of Southwest Gas. A lot of people who live here are familiar that Southwest Gas is the local gas distribution utility. What some of you might not know is that we actually do business in three different states. Nevada, Arizona, and California. A couple weeks ago, we recently reached the 2 million customer mark. So we now serve 2 million customers across our three states. And of course, our headquarters is located here in fabulous Las Vegas. 99% uh, of our customers are residential and small commercial. So the customers, by and large, are small. We do have larger industrial customers. We have some electric generation customers. But here in southern Nevada, we have about 90, over 90% of the home stock has natural gas appliances in them. So 
It's, uh, it's a great market uh, for us, and we look to do whatever we can to help serve our customers. What some of you also might not know is uh, Southwest Gas as a company uh, actually has two parts to it. One part of it, the big part, is the utility, and that's uh, about 80% of our business. But there's another part which we have, which is called Century Construction Group, and that is a business that does work for, by and large, regulated gas distribution utilities. And they do replacement of underground facilities or when you have areas like Las Vegas or some of the other towns that we operate in uh, and you have growth and you have new home stock, there's new distribution lines that need to be put in. This company actually does business in 24 different markets across the U.S. and Canada and uh, there's been a big trend across the nation with a focus on safety and reliability for utilities to continue re-examining their infrastructure and making sure that it is in the best possible shape available. Uh, I mentioned that uh, the utility is about 80% of the business. The other 20% is a Century Construction Group. This shows uh, from a perspective of net income what that breakout was. Both parts of those companies, we believe, are poised for growth for the future. We're going to see uh, in a couple slides what we anticipate for population growth here in Las Vegas and some of the other states that we do business in. But we also anticipate a lot of growth, growth on the construction services side because, again, there's a lot of focus across the nation on making sure your facilities are as safe and reliable as possible. I mentioned that we do business in three different states. This table shows what the breakout of our customers is across that three-state service territory. A little over half of our customers are actually located in Arizona. In Arizona, we do business in central Arizona, primarily the Phoenix metropolitan area, and we also have customers in southern Arizona, Tucson, and then some of the outlying districts uh, in southern Arizona. About 35% of our customers are located here in Nevada. We have service territory in Nevada, of course, in Las Vegas, but we also have service territory in the northern part of the state. Uh, the municipality of Reno itself is actually serviced by Envy Energy, who has a gas company up there, but the areas around Reno, places like Carson City, Winnemucca, Elko, others, those are actually served by us. And then about 10% of our customers are located in California. It's the smallest part of, of our distribution network. We have customers that are located in the high desert, Victorville, Big Bear, Barstow, as well as some customers up around the Lake Tahoe region and Truckee in California. Um, I mentioned that we think that there's going to be quite a bit of growth in Las Vegas and in our customer base in the years to come. And what this chart shows is what we anticipate the population growth to be. I think in your calendar in a few weeks you're going to have Jem Jeremy Aguero come in and talk about uh, some of the economic metrics, which I'm sure he, he always does a great job. But when you compare what we're going to see probably on a national level, about 3.5% annual population growth. And you can see when you look at Nevada, Arizona, and to a slightly lesser extent California, we expect to see significant population growth. And when you have population growth in places like southern Nevada, you have new businesses, you have people locating from other parts of the country, places like we heard uh, earlier, Minnesota, with the uh, raging snowstorm up there, 
or uh, places like I'm from, Chicago, where recently it was about 10 degrees below zero. So a lot of those folks are going to be interested not only to come and visit Las Vegas, but eventually move here. When we look at our customer base, uh, there are a lot of natural gas uses that our customers like to see. Uh, some of the primary uses of natural gas for our customers include space heating, hot water heating, cooking, clothes drying. Those are primarily the four basic uses. In addition to that, a lot of times we see that we have natural gas fireplaces, barbecues, swimming pool heaters, etc. So there really are a lot of different uses that our customers like to use natural gas for. One of the things that everybody isn't necessarily aware of is that the transportation and distribution network that it takes to have gas delivered to your home or your business is really relatively efficient. Uh, we look at it and we like to say that about 92% of the gas that is produced in the exploration and production regions is actually delivered to your homes and businesses. Here in southern Nevada, the vast majority of our gas comes off of a pipeline called Kern River Pipeline. And if you're familiar with Kern River, Kern River initiates up in Wyoming. So a lot of the gas that we use here in Las Vegas actually comes from Wyoming. That pipeline runs down through the state of Utah, cuts across uh, the southern Nevada. We've got half a dozen delivery points where we take gas off of that pipeline. And then that pipeline runs on into southern California to the Bakersfield area. And the pipeline actually, when it first got built, was originally built to deliver that gas to Southern California. It was being delivered to facilities that are called enhanced oil recovery fields. So they were depleted oil fields in California that they used natural gas to create steam, inject that steam into the depleted reservoirs, and they were able to extract significantly more oil. Now, since the pipeline was originally put in place, Las Vegas has continued to grow. Our customer count has continued to grow. We've seen a lot of conversion from electric utilities, convert, including locally with NV Energy, converting away from coal-fired power plants and moving to natural gas power plants and renewables. And so a lot of that gas now gets delivered to southern Nevada. We also have some additional pipelines to access gas from a couple different producing areas for the Las Vegas market. We can access gas from Texas or New Mexico on interstate pipelines called El Paso and Transwestern. Those pipelines run through the state of New Mexico into Arizona, and then we have pipelines that bring that gas up to southern Nevada. So the bottom line being that uh, we have a lot of different options when it comes to making sure that we have enough gas to competitively source the needs that you all have for it. From a nationwide perspective, gas is also very popular. If you look across the nation, there are 177 million Americans that are served by natural gas, and that includes 5.4 million businesses. So it really is a fuel that is very popular across the U.S., and for the vast majority of that natural gas is actually produced here in the United States. There's a relatively small amount that is produced in Canada and flows down to the U.S. on interstate pipelines. But as you'll see in a couple slides, there really has been a growth in the amount of supply of natural gas. And so it really is 
having a, a nice uh, energy independence associated with it because we know as Americans that we can rely on this fuel because it's produced here in the U.S. When we look at the infrastructure that we have in place, I mentioned earlier we've got a, a construction services company that does a lot of work on underground pipe replacement. Safety and reliability are key issues for a natural gas company. Safety is job one. And at our company, we are looking to invest about $1.8 billion over the next three years, roughly about $600 million a year in our three states to make sure that we are doing two things. First of all, we want to be able to serve growth, so a fair amount of that capital is going to be spent uh, on additional distribution networks for new homes, new businesses. But we also want to make sure that our underground distribution network is as modern as possible. It's as safe as possible. And we're all familiar with uh, issues across the United States when you look at infrastructure like roads or bridges or water transportation, things like that, that, that can fall into a little bit of a disrepair. When you come to a natural gas company, that is our first priority. So even though while in Las Vegas we have a relatively new system, when you compare our distribution systems to some of the systems that are located in the Midwest or, or the Northeast where they use older cast iron types of pipe, we have more modern pipes, but we're still looking at that infrastructure and trying to gauge when we think it's in due of replacement to make sure that we're able to meet the needs that we have to you. One of the other things that we're very focused on at Southwest is we want to make sure we have a competitively priced service for you. And one of the nice things about natural gas is this is a chart that goes back about 10 years. And it shows what the price of natural gas has been over that period. And there are probably two takeaways from this graph. One is you can see that the overall price of natural gas has come down significantly. But the other thing that's noteworthy, at least to us as a company, and I think to you as, as customers, is that the volatility of those prices has been dampened significantly. So when you get your bill, the change in price that you see really is not going to be as much potentially different as it has been in the past. Uh, so that has been a, a real nice benefit for our customers because all the costs that we incur on the natural gas commodity side are passed on directly to our customers. There's no markup or, or any cost adjustment to that. Uh, I mentioned that we want to make sure we have a competitively priced service. A lot of times people will consider us to be a monopoly, which probably is technically correct, but uh, we don't look at ourselves as a monopoly because there are always alternatives to using natural gas. In homes and businesses, homes in particular, you can have something such as an all-electric home. I don't think it's a particular good choice to have an all-electric home. We'd like to have gas along with that electricity. But to make sure that our customers continue to find that to be a desirable service, we want to make sure that that bill is as competitive as possible. And along with the relatively low commodity prices I showed on that previous slide, you can see that, for example, here in southern Nevada, the average monthly bill for a residential customer is about $35. And so when we look at that and we think of what the average monthly bill for the electric company is, 
what the water bill is, what your cable bill is, what your cell phone bill is probably. Uh, hopefully our bill is one of the lowest ones in your stack and hopefully you're going to want to continue to have service from Southwest in the years ahead. Uh, there are a couple other bills up there for other areas that we operate in. For example, Arizona, about $40 uh, a, a month. And then Southern California and Northern Nevada, those bills being a little higher because, for example, in areas that we operate in Southern California, we're at a higher elevation. It's a little colder. Folks use a little bit more gas there for heating purposes. And then, of course, in, in Northern Nevada, we're all familiar with how relatively cool it can be up there. Uh, we certainly also see an abundance of supply. There have been, uh, you know, basically a revolution in the industry on exploration and production and the technologies that these companies are using to extract oil and natural gas from underground geologic reservoirs. Southwest Gas, or construction company, we are not involved in exploration and production activities, so we don't actually drill for the gas but we're probably all familiar with a lot of stories of areas of the country that didn't necessarily used to be big energy producers, places like North Dakota or the renewal that you've seen in energy development in Pennsylvania, uh, what's going on in West Texas with the Permian Basin. There just is a lot of natural gas out there. And one of the things that's kind of interesting, at least it's interesting to me, is that most of these companies that are doing this exploration and production activity most of them really aren't interested in the natural gas. What they're going for is oil. Oil is a lot more valuable. That's the commodity that they want to extract, but because of the geologic formations that they're getting this oil from, they get a lot of natural gas with it. It didn't used to be too long ago that a lot of that natural gas actually used to be flared off. Uh, some of you may have seen some of those uh, nationwide nighttime satellite maps where you see places like North Dakota that has virtually no people in it, but there's all this light up there. That's because of the exploration that was being done in the Bakken and the fact that that gas used to be flared off. Now these exploration and production uh, developers have become more environmentally sensitive over the past decade. There also has been some increased regulation and as a result, those companies, instead of flaring that gas off, are actually gathering it, processing it, putting it into interstate pipelines and delivering it to homes and businesses, thereby increasing the supply of natural gas that we have and at the same time decreasing or keeping even uh, the cost of that commodity. Uh, and the supply has gotten so great and the price has gotten so low that one of the other trends that you're seeing now is the development of liquefied natural gas facilities that will take that natural gas in its normal gaseous form, convert it into a liquid at very cold temperatures, put that on a tanker in the Gulf Coast or the East Coast, and have that gas transported over to other areas of the world, places like Japan, uh, South Korea, that don't have a lot of energy resources available, and it's economic to do so. So as a result, not only do we have over, well over in my opinion, a hundred year supply of natural gas for our use here, but we're actually able to export that and help other folks around the world use natural gas and help our uh, balance of payments uh, 
in the process. So it's been a pretty good story. From the other thing that we uh, want to make sure that we're uh, attendant to at the gas company is uh, excellent customer service. Again, uh, we want to make sure that our customers like to do business with us. We recently got the Cogent Report Residential Customer Champion Award. We also were number two in the West for a J.D. Powers Association survey. We generally have a 93% customer satisfaction rating. That's something that we track very closely on a monthly basis. And we also have formed internally what we call a customer experience committee because customers generally have different expectations. Those expectations tend to increase over time. So what customers found to be reasonable service 10 years ago is different than what they found five years ago is different than what they expect today. When they continue to work with companies like Netflix, Google, Amazon, Apple, they're really having a very good, responsive customer experience, and we want to make sure that we're doing things like having a phone app or increased web accessibility or more information on social media, et cetera, to address those demands. Uh, I, I just got my five-minute warning, so I'll go through these last ones pretty quickly. Uh, with the abundance and low price of natural gas, a couple of different technologies that are being looked at now. First of all, combined heating and power. Combined heating and power is uh, an alternative where you can use natural gas at a business using a turbine to generate electricity and capture that excess waste heat to use for other processes at the building. So, for example, if you're a casino and you want to generate your own electricity, you can get one of these devices, you can use natural gas, generate your own electricity, and use that waste heat to heat water, do laundry, etc. Uh, something that with the low prices is continuing to be of interest. Transportation, uh, a lot of those of you that live in southern Nevada probably have seen some of the fleets around town converting over to natural gas. The RTC has a lot of natural gas-fueled buses. Republic Services is converting a lot of their diesel trucks over to natural gas. And just down the road at City Center, they have a fleet of natural gas limousines. And companies are doing this for two reasons. First of all, one is their increased environmental sensitivity and stewardship, but also because it happens to be economic. The price of the fuel is low, and the operation and maintenance cost of a natural gas vehicle compared to a diesel or a gasoline vehicle, uh, the natural gas is quite a bit lower. And then the last one I, I wanted to touch on, and this is also a, a pretty interesting technology, is the prospect of having renewable natural gas. I talked earlier about the conventional sources of natural gas, but there are other naturally or man-made sources of methane uh, in our environments that uh, can be harnessed. For example, landfills or sewage treatment plants, dairy farms. A lot of these enterprises emit methane. One of two things happens to that methane. Either it gets vacated in the atmosphere and when it does, it's more destructive than carbon dioxide. Or, in a lot of cases, if it's an industrial process, they just flare it off. So what we are doing is we are trying to find partners that we can work with to harness that methane, scrub it, get it put into our systems, and basically create what is a carbon-neutral source of natural gas. Because if you're going to have methane at a sewage treatment plant and it's going to get flared off, there's a certain amount of carbon dioxide that's going to go into the atmosphere. 
if you take that same gas and run a Republic Services uh, garbage collection truck, there's no excess carbon dioxide. So something that uh, is relatively small now, but we think is going to be growing. Uh, with that, I'll kind of wrap things up. Here's some contact information. If you want any information on Southwest Gas, we've got a website, swgas.com. We've got a toll-free number if you need any information. I mentioned we also uh, have an increased uh, presence on uh, social media and uh, appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk to you about our company today. Thank you. About two questions, maybe. You stated how dependent we are. All our gas comes to Las Vegas through Wyoming, Kern. Uh, how concerned should we be about terrorism? After all, what would happen if uh, some terrorists managed to cut off uh, uh, 10 feet of pipeline? <clears throat> Good question. Uh, so here in Las Vegas, while most of our gas comes off of Kern River, we actually have a number of different sources of supply. So while we do, because of economic reasons, prefer to get gas from Wyoming, we also do get amounts from San Juan and, and New Mexico and Colorado, as well as a Permian basis in Texas. Those supplies come off of two additional pipelines. So we've got three major interstate pipelines that are capable of delivering gas to Las Vegas. And certainly terrorism is a, is a good uh, concern. It's something that the federal government is very concerned about. It's something that we take a lot of activity to look into. But whether it be terrorism or, or act of God or some kind of uh, other accident, if that would cut off a source of one of our pipelines, we would have a couple of other pipelines to rely on. So we've got options, and, and we like to have those options. But good question. Hi, Chris Rodenfels here. Um, I'm assuming you're probably paying about $3 per MCF right now when you get it delivered. Yes. And at that price point, how does that compare to wind, hydro, other sources that you could produce, or solar that we have a lot about here, cost-wise? Yeah, well, there, I guess there's two questions there, two perspectives there. One is from the perspective of an electric utility. And I think that uh, you see that at those relatively low gas prices, and, and you're, you're spot on, three dollars, two eighty-five uh, uh, today, you are able to see that natural gas generation be very competitive with those alternative uh, sources of fuel from renewables. Uh, most of the utilities want to have a diverse. Most of the electric utilities want to have a diversified portfolio. Obviously, here in southern Nevada, the electric company has a lot of solar presence. One of the concerns about having an increased solar presence, uh, at least until there are some significant developments in battery storage, is we all know here in southern Nevada that it's 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night on an August night, and it's 110 degrees outside, and the sun's not shining. You got your air conditioning cranking. And there's one thing that's powering that mostly, and that's a natural gas-fueled electric power plant by the electric utility. So that's the first aspect of that. Second aspect of it is, in terms of competitiveness, we look at it at the end use. So if you look at your 
furnace versus a heat pump, a uh, gas hot water heater versus an electric hot water he heater, the efficiency of getting that fuel to that appliance is a lot more efficient on the natural gas side than it is on the electric side. So not only do you have a low commodity price to source those appliances, but you have a very efficient distribution system because if that natural gas was used to generate electricity, the amount of energy that's produced by a power plant compared to a high-efficiency furnace or a high-efficiency water heater, some of the instantaneous hot water heaters that are very popular now, the efficiency on the natural gas use at the site is significantly more efficient than using it to generate power. I'm going to have to cut it off there. John will stay, stick around for more questions. If you have, but before you go, um, John, we would like to present you with our Share What You Can Award, where we will present a hot meal to a needy vet in your name. So thank you for speaking to us today. And then, as I like to say, Rotary is like tennis. The one who serves best usually wins. Now go forth and make a difference. Thank you for joining us for another wonderful meeting of the Rotary Club of Las Vegas. If you're interested in membership or want to know more about our upcoming projects and speakers, please visit lasvegasrotary.com for more information. Now go forth and make a difference.